Hello, friends, and welcome to the Kindred Life Podcast. I'm your host, Christine Marie Bailey, a regenerative farmer, author, wife, and mom, and I'm so glad you're here. Join me each week as I share encouraging and faith-filled stories, prompts, challenges, and conversations that will breathe life into your days and moments so you can dig more deeply into a life of connection right where you are. Do you want to live more bravely, purposefully, and connected to the people and tangible experiences that matter most? Then listen in. It is so good to be back with you again. So I am here in the barn studio on Kindred Farm, and I am recording this the week after Christmas. And this is always such a weird week. Like, what day is it even? Is it the 12 days of Christmas? Do we keep the tree up or do we start taking it down? Do we keep eating Christmas cookies? Does anyone really know? Um, For us, we're riding the Christmas wave through New Year's, and I usually wait to take our tree down until Epiphany, which is January 6th. So outside the big picture window in the barn today, the dusting of snow that we had for Christmas has melted, and we're enjoying some warmer sunshine today. I actually might do Pilates on the front porch later, which is a very big change from the Arctic temperatures that blew through here and on most of the U.S. the week of Christmas. But it was really, really fun to have a dusting of snow on the ground for Christmas. So wherever you are this week and whatever you're doing, I hope that you'll take a deep breath and exhale and just join me for the next 20-ish minutes so you can feel more connected and go back into your day with a bit of fresh inspiration. Before I enter a new year, I always like to look back on the year that I've just lived. Living another year of life is no small thing, my friends. It is a great privilege, so let's not rush too quickly into the next one. So let's dive in. I would like to start by reading you something that I wrote at the very beginning of 2022. I will not squander my freedom by living timidly. This phrase popped into my mind last summer and hasn't left since. This is how I want to live my life in 2022 and basically for the rest of my days. I don't have every single freedom in the world. For instance, this land won't grow itself, and definitely not without a whole lot of hard work. I don't have unlimited financial resources to build out every area of the farm into what I see in my dreams, or the ability to travel to a villa in Tuscany at a moment's notice for grape picking season, or the ability to spend all my days not working to pay the bills and instead puttering in the garden, drinking tea, reading books, and going on adventures. But I do have a lot of freedoms, more than many. Beyond the physical freedoms of home and vocation, there's an inner freedom of my value because of who God says I am, no matter what. And I don't want to squander that by living fearful of taking risks, speaking out, or doing what I know I'm wired to do and care about. Not living timidly means something different to all of us. It doesn't have to be something big or public. 
Most of the time, living bravely is in the small, everyday moments. Here are a few examples. Honest conversations I have with my girls and pushing through conflict with them for the sake of healthy relationship. Choices about how to raise our girls and preserve their childhoods. Choices Stephen and I make about our businesses and deciding where to put our time to invest in the present and the future. Drawing honest boundaries around relationships so that they can be stronger and healthier. Using my voice, even when I really, really would rather just stay in my fake bubble of peace. Choosing to go to the hard places, to speak up for what I know is right. And fighting for the freedoms of others. And yes, not living timidly even means stepping out in faith with the book that I painstakingly wrote, edited, and honed that will soon be read publicly. Timidity is definitely not going to work for me anymore as if it ever did. I don't have this even remotely perfect because not living timidly is honestly not my forte, but I'm learning and it's something I'm keeping on the forefront of my mind and aiming for in 2022 because I have freedom. I have a voice and I don't want to squander them. So that's what I wrote at the beginning of 2022. How did this work out? Did the land actually grow itself? I wish, but no. Did I live bravely in the small moments? Well, yes and no. I did a lot of the things that were out of my comfort zone and felt scary and new and different this year. And I also have a lot more learning to do, a lot more growing to do, and that is okay. So this year, I released my first book, The Kindred Life, and this was understandably a huge growing experience. There were challenges in our farming season this summer due to extreme weather and drought and schedules packed with book release things that were different than we normally have. In our family, we faced a new stage of childhood as our daughters grow into older girls and into the tween years. And I faced some big friendship challenges and walked through some big conflicts and friendship this year. But overall, as I look back on 2022, I am proud of myself for putting into practice the things that I wanted to pursue this year, albeit imperfectly. Not living timidly will look different for each of us, but I think it means carrying a piece in what we were created to do and doing it no matter the outcome. This is how we live as an outpouring of our God-given gifts. And that's a place that will never fully arrive. As we look back on a full year and embrace a new one with new goals and visions, let's continue to pursue living more boldly with more peace and confidence in who we are created to be. Now, I would love to share a few specific things I learned this year. I think being a lifelong learner is such a good thing and one of my favorite things about being a grown-up. Think about it. We get to learn new things that we actually choose and create the space to pursue those things that interest us and relationships that are life-giving. Here are four specific things I learned this year. Number one, we must get out of our own way. So the biggest realization that I had this spring after I released my book, the absolute biggest hurdle in front of me the entire time was me. 
I don't know about you, but I tend to get in my own way, disqualifying myself rather than fully leaning into the opportunities before me and the story God's writing through me. I had so many worries on the front end, you guys. I worried about how my book would be received. How would I accomplish all the media interviews and extra demands on my time and discomfort of being in the spotlight? I know so many authors probably have these same exact thoughts. But as the months unfolded and my book landed in your hands and I got to hear your stories firsthand and talk with people face to face at the farm all summer, I got out of my own way and just let it fly. I dove into every intimidating moment and interview and just showed up as myself. I knew that I could do that. That was the one thing I could control. And I saw what I've known deep inside to be true all along. What do any of us really want from other people? What do we want from artists and authors and creators? We just want real. And I realized that I could give you that. I could give you the lessons that I've learned that have come with time and experience. And I can show up with all my wrinkles and my grayish hairs and scars that tell stories. And fully embracing that, getting out of my own way and seeing the beauty that unfolded in that has brought so much joy. The second thing is conflict is absolutely part of life. Facing it head on is best. So I remember hearing this quote once on a podcast, conflict is good news. And I was watering seed trays in the greenhouse the day that I heard that on the podcast and it stopped me in my tracks and I wrote it in my phone. I typed it into my phone because It is so not the way that I normally think. I think the quote is from an author named Diane Hamilton. And when I first heard it, I was like, really? It doesn't, conflict doesn't ever feel like it's a good thing to me. Um, I'm a peacemaker. If you're familiar with the Enneagram, I'm a nine on the Enneagram. And obviously there are times when conflict is not good news. War, families breaking up, children being orphaned trafficking. There's so many horrific conflicts and brokenness in our world. But I don't think that's what that quote is about. I think that this author was talking about personal relationships. This year in some friendship struggles, I learned firsthand that while conflict in relationships is not something most people ever choose to go through, so much good can come from it because it reveals the pressure points. It reveals what needs to change. Sometimes conflict shows a relationship that is no longer healthy, and sometimes it even awakens a deeper strength in a relationship to make it better once those hindrances are removed. I had so many opportunities, yes, opportunities, this year to speak up boldly in conflicting moments and say what I'm feeling or needing. And while it was not natural feeling for me and was really scary in many ways, I saw every single time that the world did not end and my voice matters just as much as anyone's. Okay, the third thing is using my actual speaking voice is what I'm supposed to be doing right now. So after three years of working on my book and 20 plus years as a writer, one of the things I learned this year is that my creativity is flowing in kind of a different direction in this new season. I definitely have more book ideas and concepts that have been stirring in my mind, and I know that there's more books that I will write, and I'm a writer first and foremost, but for right now, in this very current season, 
I am really excited and fueled by using my actual speaking voice through podcasting. And I love that I still get to write these episodes and it's a practice in boldly using my voice in a new way. So this podcast is not going anywhere. I am committed to sharing with you every week and I cannot wait to see where this leads. Okay, and the fourth thing I've learned is it's important to tell your story and your family's story. Maria, Fortunata, Katerina, Calagara, Accursia. These are just some of the names of the women in my family line on my dad's side, some of whom I've just learned about for the first time this year. My first cousin Paula came to visit a few days before Christmas, and not only do we look so much alike, but Paula is more like my sister than my cousin. She actually used to babysit me when I was little and is in so many of my childhood memories growing up in New Jersey. Her mother was my Aunt Lucille, my dad's sister, and that is the Aunt Lucille whose ricotta cookies are in my book, The Kindred Life. And Paula has been spending a lot of time researching our ancestry and brought bags and bags of sepia-toned family photos and records that she's been uncovering in her search. I was totally floored by some of these photos that I got to see for the very first time. One was of my great-grandmother, Ercursia, from Sicily. In the photo, she was dressed in black and standing at the door of what looks like a church with a huge, wide smile on her face. I know that smile. It's the same one that's on my dad's face and the smile I saw in my firstborn daughter just minutes after she was born. I know Accursia had a really hard life. She worked in a factory in New York City. She lived in Greenwich Village in a really tough time in history. She lost children and even her own leg to diabetes. But I still can't stop looking at her face in that photo. It looks weathered, but her smile is genuine. And her eyes are smiling too. Another photo was of my grandmother, Maria. In this photo, my grandmother is holding her new baby boy, my dad, on his christening day. Maria was born in New York City because my great-grandmother, Accursia, was pregnant with her on the boat from Sicily. Times were really hard there in the early 1900s. My great-grandmother wasn't able to take care of all of her young children, so Maria, my grandmother, was raised until she was 15 in a Catholic orphanage and then went to work in a factory. My grandma passed away when I was eight years old, and I've never seen her smile like in this photo where she's holding my dad, and it feels like my own smile. So just two generations later, what a different life I have. But I can't help but think about how I'm bolstered by these women's strength every day. The stories of these women whose blood runs through my own. I feel them in the bread I make and break, the tomatoes I grow, and the children whose hands I hold. So what I've learned this past year is that it's so important to tell your story and your family's story. It doesn't have to be in a big public way like a book. We tell our stories because it's truly the only unique thing we have to share in this world, and that's pretty miraculous. We see ourselves in other stories and learn more about how we're connected as humans. So as I looked at those old photos and documents, birth records and death records and newspaper articles, 
I pondered how quickly the memory and details of a person's life can disappear in just one or two generations. And if no one tells their story, it fades into history with barely a trace. So tell your story. Tell the story of the generations who have gone before you. I am going to continue this on with my children as best I can. So as you go about your daily life today, here are a few prompts that I want to leave with you to reflect upon. I always want to leave you with something practical to take into your day so that what I'm talking about in this episode can be a part of your life too. So grab a pen and paper or type them into your phone if you'd like. What are three things that you learned this past year? Is there something new you discovered about yourself? When you look back on 2022, what are you proud of? What are some ways that you lived more boldly this year? What worked for you and what didn't? Do you feel that you lived out the purpose that you envisioned at the beginning of the year? Why or why not? If you did that imperfectly, just know that you are not alone and you can still trust the goodness of the journey that you're on. If you'd like to share any of your answers to the prompt questions with me, I would love to hear them. You can post a comment on the blog post that goes with this episode. The link to the blog is in the show notes or leave me a voicemail. On the blog post for this episode, you'll also find some photos of the women from my family that I mentioned, along with more photos and links. Okay, friends, this is the part of the show where I share three simple joys and encourage you to do the same. These simple joys are things that bring comfort or make you smile or show you that you're loved. And honestly, just thinking of what I'm going to share with you each week in this segment has helped me to stay more engaged in the tiny, detailed moments of my days. And I really believe that's where the gold is. So I hope that this practice is helping you too as you listen each week. My first simple joy this week is a faux fireplace. Everyone without fireplaces and a smart TV rejoice. I swear I can actually feel the warmth emanating from the TV when I play Fireplace for Your Home on Netflix, or even better, on YouTube, because it's six hours long. So obviously my first choice would be to have a real fireplace or a wood stove, and that's something that we have as a goal to add to our farmhouse in the coming years, and it was probably something that was originally in the house because our our house is from 1949, but in the meantime... The faux fireplace really works and we can still have outside campfires, but I promise you can feel it makes your room feel like there's actually a fire. Okay. The second one I want to share with you is the perfect dark red nail polish. So most of the year, my nails and fingers are completely covered in dirt and calluses and cuts and all the things that come with farming this time of year. I take a little bit of a break from digging my hands in the dirt. Two dark red colors I love for this time of year are both from Sally Hansen's Pure line of nail polishes. They're vegan and plant-based nail polishes without any harmful chemicals. And so the two colors I love are Beat It, and that's a B-E-E-T, like the beet, and it is the exact color of a dark red beet. 
And the other color is Cherry Amore, and it's a dark cherry red. So I highly recommend those two colors. And it's just a fun thing to have painted nails this time of year, and it felt very festive during the Christmas season. My last simple joy is a pair of new mittens. So when I was growing up, I have this memory of my mom wearing mittens in winter. And I don't know why, but it's just one of those tactile memories that's stuck in my brain of like holding her hand, um, you know, when she would pick me up from school in winter. And I grew up in New Jersey where it was really cold and she'd be wearing these puffy mittens. So I've always loved wearing mittens in winter, even as an adult. And I had a pair that I loved so much and I lost one of them. It's like literally a storybook. Like I lost one of my mittens. So I found the most adorable knitted rainbow mittens at Mast General Store in North Carolina when we visited last month. And I absolutely love them. They're so cozy. They make me feel like a kid. And it's just such a little joy to have those on my hands this winter. So those are my three simple joys this week. A faux fireplace, nail polish, and mittens. What are some simple joys in your life right now? What are some things that are bringing you happiness regardless of, of, what are some things that are bringing you happiness regardless of any circumstances that you're facing? If you can, take some time to write those down in a journal or tap them into the notes on your phone. And I hope that you'll join me in this regular practice of gratitude. Okay, friends, that's it for our time together today. I hope that you'll feel refreshed and encouraged as you go back into your day today. As we finish out the last few days of 2022, let's look back and see what we've learned and how we're growing. Let's walk into 2023 trusting the goodness of the journey that we're on. Face to the light and being intentional about the things we can control, we can continue to grow in the best possible ways in the coming year. Happy New Year, friends. I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Kindred Life Podcast. I want you to know that your kindred life is worth it, and I'm cheering you on. If you love this episode, please subscribe and consider giving us a five-star review so other people can find this podcast. You can always find me online at christinemariebailey.com, where you can also join my email community, The Kindred Letter, so you don't miss a thing. You'll also get several freebies for signing up for my email list, including the first chapter of my audiobook and some fun free guides. You can also follow along on Instagram at Organic Bean and at The Kindred Farm. See you next time.